if you're gonna say this guy's untouchable, like I, if I was in the front office, I would be like, no one is untouchable. Like, what do you what do you think PC is bad? You know, yeah. different GM calls. Like I would want that information. All right, guys. Hey, Lance Brozdowski here with uh, Marquee mm-hmm. Cubs Player Development Analyst. Right. That's that is a really cool title. Yeah. I mean, how you did you that's self proclaimed? Yeah, we were gonna go with insider initially, and then like, I didn't think we, I was that much of an insider. Insider makes you even figure like breaking news. But I wanted the word player player development in there because I think that gets that. Uh, the tree of everything that I've come out of us and it doesn't just stop like we major leagues. I think that's what keeps me so kind of so I love the sound. Well, and it's kind of cool. You and I were talking before I pressed the record button here, and you did not go to school no, no. for this. You, tell people what you yeah. did in school for. So I was UMass Amherst undergrad in accounting. And I worked in the city of Boston, public accounting. I wanted the big corporate accounting for like three ish years or so. Um, just really didn't like it, <laughs> and I knew it immediately. It just took me a little bit to kind of save us money and pivot out, and hard pivoted out to graduate school at Northwestern University and sports media. Um, initially, went in thinking I was going to go with sports general. Mm-hmm. Just thought there'd be more job opportunities, like be able to talk about all big sports and stuff. And then very quickly realized that, like I thought, it'd just be easier to define a niche in like the camera. And well, and you're a numbers guy, so like baseball is like the biggest numbers game out there. So that had to lead into it, yeah. For sure, and I've always been a huge that was always my strongest sport on So I was just wondering whether I needed to understand football better or hockey better, something that's like branch out, you know, create a bigger pool of potential employers, which, and, and at the end of the day, I didn't do that. So yeah. it's worked out. Well, we're here at the winter meetings, right? And there's a whole lot of nothing going on right now. It's incredibly boring. <laughs> is it is this just because of Shohei? Why do you think it's been so slow? I don't actually have any idea why it's been slow. I, I guess there's just a lot of posturing going on. I also think that a lot of the, the TV stuff is affecting teams. And I know Trev Sotrick's been pretty good at writing about this at the store and some other people. But um, yeah, I, I think that's affecting a lot of teams' willingness to spend and maybe shrinking down the amount of demand for a given player. Therefore, the player's waiting and delaying things. So. What do you mean by the TV stuff? Yeah, so Diamond Sports Group. Uh, I, I think the best thing is to go and read Travis But Essentially, the league is potentially going to buy back television this might happen regarding the ratings and some other teams it's already happened to be Padres and D-backs and as a result of that the amount of school they're getting with their TV money is just shrinking so from a revenue standpoint it's just going to be lovely you know and as a result of that then the owner can decide whether he actually wants to spend more it's not affected by teams like Chicago and other teams that own their networks who have better standing right. it's just when well, Valley Sports bought all those at once and like that package deal, they're going to like that board sound. I mean, anything red and, and yeah, that's gonna. I think that's affecting things more than maybe people. It hasn't really been covered too much. I've seen. We'll get to that. But I really think it's it's causing people to shrink their pockets, and as a result, it's just not as many suitors. So big guys got to go first. And yeah. Well, it sounds to me like that doesn't really affect the Cubs. That just maybe some of the smaller teams. No, I don't, I don't think. I mean, based on us being in on yeah, the tie, I, I, mean, yeah, I don't have any insight right here. But yeah, the fact that they're in on the tie makes me think. Not leaking anything. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's talk about player development and especially. You know, we've been in trade talks, uh, hearing about the Cubs last now, Beaver with, uh, there's been a few other names out there, some third base guys. Who to you right now is just like the untouchables? PCA, yeah, I think it's PCA, Kate Horton. You know, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't really talked to anybody in the specifically about who's untouchable. I think most people would probably just say that they'd listen on it. 
like you want to understand what the market thinks about certain players. So, I mean, if you're going to say this guy's untouchable, like I, if I was in the front office, I would be like, no one is untouchable. Like, what do you, what do you think PSA is at? You know, yeah. different GM calls. Like, I would want that information. You know, and maybe they lowball you, but I think any information that you can intake about a team or season about a player is attractive. So, but I do think it'd be very hard to trade Kate Horton and PSA. Like both those guys are impact. Arm and impact glove. We'll figure out what he actually is at PCA. I think he's a guy that's definitely going to bounce back to Thompson. I'm excited to see him spring and talk to him and see what he did. Because I think he's he's one of the sharpest guys I've ever met. He's incredibly mature as a 19 year old. Yeah. The best 19 year old interview I've ever had. And he's like the best 21 year old interview I've ever had. So he's just a really good guy. And I, he's a really like, rigorous worker. So I, well, I'd be stunned if he doesn't mean that. Some adjustment or some kind of vengeance in how he's approaching things. Um, and then Cade is just a frontline starter. Like I, I don't, I don't think we realize he's like a top two or three prospect in all of teams, right? You know, and I don't know. Maybe it's because a lot of the top hundred lists haven't come out yet, and various sites that are pretty popular, like Baseball America and such. But he's very good. <laughs> I think the comp that I've thrown out everywhere I've talked about him is just Tanner Bybee from the Guardians. It's a very similar mix. Uh, Bybee's changeup is a little bit advanced than Cade Morton's, but it's very similar in terms of sweeper, little cut right on the four seam, mobility for the yeah. And I, I think if you can get Tanner Rodby's season last year or this year for the Cubs, you'd be absolutely hell yeah. Yeah, Take third sure. rookie of the year, 140 plus innings, yeah. above average performance. Like, if they don't, if the Cubs end up not doing a ton on the pitching side of things, I think it's because they have more confidence in people and maybe they're to see right now. But I still think it'd be smart to ask. Who's a guy in the system right now? I, I think there's going to be one or two of our top 100 guys that. But we're gonna not see who's maybe one or two of those guys you say hey his value is really high but it doesn't hurt the cubs that much if they do trade. yeah that's a good question i think you have to think about anyone who wants to corner outfield spot with having suzuki being tied yeah. it's an interesting proposition where you have some outfielders like put on contract and uh casey i think they're both exceptional players of course yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about both of them but if you think about team fit long term like it comes interesting if pca is who he, we think he is like he's going to be starting to every day for the next seven years and then it makes a lot of sense like own case is already corner out like, he's a guy that i think could eventually slide to first base he's got a really strong arm but he's not most awesome defender overall incredible power bat that's his calling card so he's a guy that i can see like in first base and then you have power bat at first base which I, have. I just don't know if he's ready right now for them to do that especially with the competition when they're opening up to them so you cannot concert too is another one well i think he can play some center field i think other teams are using against playing center field but he's not gonna play center field as a pca so he moves to a corner so it's like okay if he moves to a corner like what are you doing with half the like you have both those guys in multi-year deals prices I think you're both saying, you know, Kevin Hodge is like much more like an outcome. Maybe just end up being like a outfielder, or you can end up being like an everyday center fielder. You know, maybe not like their steep defense eventually. Most of the is a big guy. Those two guys, in terms of fit, are interesting to me. Long term, I'm thinking multi year picture 2025-2026. I think. Is the one to me that I'm like wondering whether there's something to be moved. Like I know they love him as a thing or all the hitting guys love him too. Like, I've communicated with him so it's super fun, ton of energy, very similar like Christopher Morales would say. But I just I'm not exactly sure where he plays in a year. Unless I mean you can move like I could see him putting in that direction. Like, if you're sad on the fact that what the is are stuck with X years or comes, then I'm curious to see what they do with you guys. Yeah, I mean, players. he was one of those guys right this last year. We just thought, hey, he's going to just 
like PCA, just go through the system yeah. and maybe even have that September call up. But really, kind of just got slowed down by some injuries, didn't yeah. get up to the best start. But I feel like that second half they really took off. Uh, was there anything just from the player development side that you saw that changed for him in that second half? Yeah, I, with him, from what I understand, a lot of yeah, it is, I, mean, it's, is, I don't want to say mental, but it's a lot of just getting by that quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's a long lever guy, yeah. and I think those guys, especially at that age, kind of go out and stand it often. And I know they oftentimes like send around for the teams. Like, I know multiple times they sit to where Kevin was. So that's like an angle that I just think it takes maturation. It takes fifteen million dollars. I don't want to cop myself to him, but I was like a long lanky kid most of my life. I know what he went on. That dude's moving twenty times faster than I have moved as an athlete, but. I can't. I can't say the same for myself. Like I just maybe it's gonna take a little longer for him. That'll be that'll be my value. So there's a lot of holes that we have to fill on this team right now. With uh, you know the outfield is pretty much set if PCA is playing center. Middle infield is set. You've got Gomes coming back. He's probably your lead catcher. But corner infield, starter to plus bullpen. That's a lot of stuff to go fill over an offseason. Do you see maybe one or two of those spots? being a really great opportunity for Jed and the front office to say, let's go and see, maybe giving Matt Mervis another shot, maybe giving, yeah. uh, I don't know, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot about you know, potential of Slaughter maybe trying out on third base. Sure. Right? Just things like that. Do we do we, do we have any sort of sense on that? I don't have too much of a sense. I don't think there's anyone in the system that like, jumps out as a third baseman to plug and play at third. Yeah. One of the main problems. I, there's been some rooms about my chat, and I think that'd be kind of a fun fit. Especially they've had some success over the last couple of years fixing hitters. And Chapman, I think, stopped pulling everything last year, which is yeah. very hot. He so he's a guy that, like, if they could just get back to pulling the ball, especially on the field of Wrigley, like, thinking you get back to like 25 plus one runs pretty easily and play service ball even as a third. So like, I like that as a sign of, you know, yeah. uh, of course everyone wants to go to Tani, that'd be a uh, but I'd love Tani and Chad. I think that adds two power bats to your lineup left, right? And beautifully confidence, I think, it works good. Well, and Chapman, of course, is a great defender, so, yes, but do fans kind of see that again as, hey, I don't want to go through the whole man's scene. I know, I know. I think Chapman's a slightly different case. Like, I, I don't exactly know how much information we have on what exactly was up with him last year in terms of not pulling the ball, but I, I don't think that's a Mancini case. Unfortunately, Mancini was a very different kind of hitter. I like that signing a lot actually. At the time. It just unfortunately never bounced back again. Like amazed the dude from the one or two conversations we've had with him in the clubhouse. But but yeah, like I think Chapman fits in nicely. Like I get maybe the concern about being high dollar and not being great for his role last year, and also. The uh, fact that like most of those pull guys, well, if they do deteriorate over time, it's bat speed. And then it's like, okay, if bat speed deteriorates and he stops pulling the ball, like then what is he as a hitter? So maybe like three years down the road, if you get a little concerned about what the offensive profile looks like, and you really got to hope he doesn't move off third base. So maybe there's some concerns around that. You know, he wasn't as electric as he was in 2022. Uh, I think that there's a really good chance he bounces back to 2211. Cool. All right, two more questions. Yeah. What is I mean, the so chances that you think? That something gets done here before it's just beneficial for us or anything just anything just anything in general something has to happen I something have yeah yeah i don't know i mean i'd love to see the glass dunk yeah that'd be awesome um that makes next a lot of days, sense the next day's schedule situation and the following so he was always probably already have offers and there's multiple teams in the mix so and so i think that it's their initiative as to whether they want to move them quickly so i'd love to see that get done so i got in that on some of the cups back i'm stunned if we can not hear that from now Unless it's all the things you're going to pop, which obviously it seems like the Cubs are going to be. 
this was a cool all right last question fun one for you here you have had stats that like i don't know do you pull them out of your head or or like okay so it's it's not stuff that you're making up okay because i'm over here like all right i remember you talking about like stuff plus and i'm like all right this is cool but like where does it come from but what's like a stat that you can explain at a second level to me that is one of your favorite stats yeah, I mean, I think those really basic things, like a really simple yeah, one is just strikeout minus walk. Right. Right. How many, what yeah. percent of guys you strike out of your life and put up the single guys you walk and find the difference between the minor league baseball thing? Right that. Yeah. That's a really but, simple, predictive uh, way to look at quality pitching. If you do that in the board from last year, you're going to end up with probably the same uh, finalists okay. and variety of other guys. That's like one of the basic things. Like, it's funny how oftentimes I think we like comps overcomplicating things, and we're doing that because we want to. Try to isolate off the very high performance. But very deep. Striking minus walk, in particular, is just a really powerful one. It's simple that correlates to success very strongly. Sure. You and where he I mean, you want to go a little deeper, something like stuff plus is relatively modern. I think like Hino Saris has done a lot of good work in it, has industrially out now. That's just the combination of velocity, shape, movement, and some basic release characters. There's like a quality of that pitch independent of where you're throwing it and how active you can ball. Again, that's pretty predictive as well. success. You actually have to consider it. You know, man, and variety of other things, just always guys who overperform and underperform stuff. Well. That's a pretty advanced stat that every team is going to have an iteration of that we also map that publicly. Um, and that's all it is like velocity, how does the ball move, how is he throwing the ball, and maybe some other small variables. But those three components are really what sum up into it. And you can basically see what percent above or below average that guy is on the quality of the pitch. Smart dude. Got an accounting degree. I didn't. <laughs> so for that reason, I, I appreciate you educating yeah, me, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.